And now it's time for Blossoms of My Life Radio with your host, Ramona Trevino. Ramona is a teacher, a pastor, a three-time author, and radio host since February 2018, helping people share their but God moment and helping people see and be the blossoms in life. This program is a production and sponsored by Blossoms of My Life Radio Ministry and listeners like you. Now here's Ramona. Thank you for tuning in to Blossoms of My Life Radio I'm really excited to introduce you a first-time author and her book, just the title, How the Mafia Saved My Life. I know that's going to intrigue you to find out more. But LeCue Duran, she's from Boston. She's done many things. She loves to mentor. Um, she helps with coaching. She's worked with Girls Coalition. She's done many, many things. But her story is something that we want to share with you today on what God's done in her life. So, with no further delay, Hugh Duran, how are you? Hi, Ramona. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. And audience, just so you know, she has a little bit of touch of laryngitis, and so I know this interview is going to air later, and by then she will be healed, but we are praying for her complete healing today. Thank so, you. So, Hugh, let's talk about a little bit about you um, I know we talked before we went on the air that this was your first book, and it's quite a journey to write your first book, and more will come after that because you're just going to love it. But talk to me about your journey on, um, I, I see part of this is this story is for all those who are looking for a way out. Tell me about your story. Story. Well, Ramona, I decided to write this book 40 years later in my life. Uh, I was with a a friend, a family member, and she was asking me questions about my past and my, my childhood. And I told her a little bit, and she said, you should write a book about your life. And so I thought about it. Well, being a professional and having uh, married and, and children and traveling, teaching personal development workshops, and I thought about it, and I said, do I really want to put that stuff out there? Mm-hmm. And I thought about it, and I had an encounter with the Lord. And I just thought that if my past can help save someone's future, then I would go forward with it. And so that's why I decided to bring my story to life. Wow. And so quite a journey, I would imagine. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Just to begin, uh, my story begins. I'm that little girl, five years old. Uh, who was violated by a drunken stepfather, cried out to my mom to tell her about it, and she didn't believe the story. And I know that that's so prevalent in uh, people's lives today, and especially children. Uh, So I lived with that from five years old to about nine. And then one day I decided to fight back, opened my eyes and screamed, and he ran out of my room. I'm also that troubled teenager who tried to commit suicide after finding out the man who I thought was my father wasn't. So I didn't know who I was, where I belonged. And then a young girl looking for love in all the wrong places. I started hooking school as at 15, 16 years old, wanted to leave the house, didn't feel safe. So I decided to uh, hook school that day and walk the community to see if I could find some work. And I came across this sandwich shop. It was a sub shop. I walked in 
and I asked if they were hiring and they said, well, yeah, but how come you're not in school? And uh, I told them, uh, they came, they had me come in, sit down and, and speak with them. He said, well, you know, you can do dishes and, and we could use you that way. And I said, oh, great. So they said, well, how come you're not in school? And I said, I really want to make money to move and get an apartment. So the man chuckled. He said, well, you won't make enough money here to move and get an apartment, but we'd love to have you. So I started working there doing dishes and um, noticed that there were a lot of men that came and go, um, only to find out it was owned by the mafia. Wow. <laughs> and so there were some there that, that would talk to me and, you know, tell me about you. And so I would, you know, tell them my story about, you know, the stepfather and so forth and so on. And they started encouraging me, saying, you know, you really need to go back to school. You're a beautiful young lady. You have a bright future ahead of you and you need to go back to school. So I worked there for a while and so decided to go back to school in the morning and then they let me work there in the afternoon by them encouraging me to go back to school. Wow. So I worked there and there was a gentleman that came in there um, to have something to eat. I didn't know he was a pedophile. He whispered something horrible in my ear. Oh. I went back into the kitchen and told my boss. And so he said, stay here. He got on the phone, made a call about 15 minutes later. Well, Ramona, I've always loved, you know, uh, the untouchables coming up as a little girl, but I didn't know they'd be a part of my life. <laughs> so here comes two men, black sunglasses, overcoat, very good looking men, you know, that, that Italian look. And uh, they made an eye at the, uh, my boss behind the counter where I stayed in, in a father back. So they tapped him on the shoulder, they took him outside. Well, he didn't come back in as who sat on the table for a long time. A day so went by, I asked my boss, I said, what happened to that man? He said, don't you worry about it. He's not coming back here again. He's on vacation. Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't ask what kind of vacation. <laughs> you let us know if anybody ever disrespects you uh, or, or tries to hurt you in any way. Wow. Uh, yeah. I continued to work there. And uh, one day I walked home and I was, I didn't live too far. So I was walking up the hill, saw the fire trucks there. And so I got nervous. You know, my mom, she was a broken woman. She did the best she could. One thing she did know God, but you know, she had a, a lack of, I would say in intuition in regards to what's right and what's wrong and didn't listen to her little girl. However, I went, and I said, oh, my God, it's, it's the house on fire. So I went in, and the, the drunk, he set the couch on fire. Wow. I saw them bringing out charred pillows and stuff like that. So I called down to the shop. And those two guys that came in that got rid of the pedophile, they said, where is he? I told them what happened. They said, you stay right here. But I was peeking, of course. They went into the living room, and I could hear them talking to him. And they said, "What? you know, what's your problem? He says, look. If you touch her or her mother again, we're going to take you for a ride. You need to grow up and be a man. And then he put his hand on his hip so you could see the gun on his holster. But it's, and so this guy, <laughs> he sobered up so quick. He looked like he just got out of the shower. <laughs> he ended up moving to New York out of the house. So that was, you know, a great thing there. And so moving on um, with these gentlemen in my life, they were my, I would say, angels in disguise because they walked me home. Uh, my Nana, who I love so much, 
she's the only one that I felt safe with. Uh, she loved me. I would spend the night with her and we'd go out and have apple pie and ice cream. And I had night terrors. And so when I would sleep with her, she would turn a light on for me. And so she got sick and um, it was in the hospital. And so I went down to the shop. I was sad. They talked to me. They said, what's the matter? I said, my nan is in the hospital. She needs a blood transfusion. One of them said, come on, let's go. I'll go and get tested and, and see if they'll take my blood. Wow into the limousine with him, my mom, and him. we went to the hospital. We stayed there, it seemed like so many hours. Finally, he came out with his sleeve rolling down. He said, well, look you, you got a full-blooded Italian in your family now. So he gave my Nana a blood transfusion. Well, Nana, she didn't live too much long after that. So she did pass. And so at the grave site, I happened to look across like over my shoulder and I saw this limousine and these two guys stand in the back with uh, their sunglasses unfolded where they came to the gravesite uh, to support me. And so they sent food to the house, to the family. Wow. They kind of like, uh, I mean, God is amazing because you never know who, who he'll use, especially if he's tracking you and he wants to use you for his purpose. So these are men known to the public as being notorious, but they were my saving grace. So I continued uh, to work there. They sent food to the house after my grandmother passed. One morning I walked down there to get ready to, to show up for my, um, my shift. There was brown paper at the glass, the windows, and, and the door was locked. I asked the next door neighbor, I said, what happened? Where are they? He says, I don't know. They must have left in the middle of the night. Well, I thought my heart dropped to my feet. I was so heartbroken. I said, now who's going to look after me now? So that's when I just spiraled all out of control. I was just hanging in the streets. Needless to say, I mean, I was able to get into the clubs. I won't say how, but I did. And that's where I found refuge. To hear the music and just to be sitting there at 17, 18 years old. And so those people in there befriended me, the, the dancers, um, and the, the, there were mob guys there in the club that kind of asked me what was I doing in there. So they wanted to hear my story. I told them my story. So they kind of looked out after me. Well, some of the ladies there uh, that worked there, uh, the dancers, uh, I, 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 I go back a little bit because I did start to, after I went back to high school, I told my mom I would like to go to cosmetology school uh, because they asked me, what did I like to do? And I said, I love hair and makeup. Mm -hmm. I went. And so I, you know, started training there. So at the club, uh, some of the dancers, they had day jobs and one of them was a manager. And um, uh, she said, what do you do during the day? And I said, well, I just finished school uh, with um, learning about uh, toupees and wigs. She said, I'm, I'm a manager. Would you like to come in and um, try out? Uh, I do need somebody to work and help style toupees and wigs. I did. She, she said, you were great. She says, you can work here. So now she danced at night and worked as manager during the day. So now I was good at what I did. And so um, still hanging out in the clubs just uh, to get away from the house. And my heart was broken because the people who just looked after me and did not touch me in a wrong way or anything, uh, they were gone. And so in my book, I talk about don't judge because you don't know anybody's story. Right. Back we called uh, the prostitutes, ladies of the evening. They all called me little sister. They all got to know me. And so 
the bartenders and the men in the family, they kept the pimps away from me. They knew why I was sitting there just to be there, to be in the atmosphere of the music and so forth and so on. And so one of them said, look, Hugh, continue to do your studies. I went to law school, but I had to quit and use my body for a business. And it's too late for me because I've been out here a long time, but you're young, you're beautiful, and you're smart. Continue to get your education and just go as far as you can go. And of course, they all just, you know, looked at me as little sister and every one of them spoke to me in such a way to encourage me and to give me. So this this continued to go on. So I continued uh, to style wigs during the day. And so uh, I did take some other courses for cosmetology and told my mom I wanted to complete. She's just when I was getting ready to graduate. She said, you can't finish. I ran out of money. So I decided to dance at night. Back then it was called go-go dancing, Uh you know, in the short skirts and all. And so I did. I went to this gentleman's club uh, to audition. I walked in and this gentleman came up to me, said, oh, are you a nurse? While I was waiting to go to the audition. And I said, no, I'm in cosmetology school. He said, what are you doing here? I said, because I need money to finish paying for my tuition. I went in, I auditioned. And uh, when I came out, he gave me his business card. He said, well, would you be my guest? I own a nightclub and I'd love for you to come down. All right. I took him up on it and I did. And I'd never been treated so kindly and treated like a lady. I went down and I was his guest. And so um, after the evening was over, he sent me home in a cab, took the cab's number. He says, I got your number. Make sure she gets in. (laughs) Needless to find out, he was in the mafia. Wow. 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 And and, I mean, look, Hugh, did you ever find out what happened to your friends, the first ones? Oh, my God. I never, ever seen them again. I think of them often. Here it is. Oh, my God. What, 50 years later? And I think of them. I published my book, you know, just uh, a couple of years ago. But I mean, it was published January, but I started working on it. Right, right. And I think of them often, and in my book, I say, thank you. I don't know, wherever you are, I want to thank you that it's because of you and the hand of God that I was able to be in this place that I am today. Amazing. Never, ever seen them again. So this gentleman, uh, fast forward, I know we don't have a whole lot of time. Um, He invited me back down again and asked me, could he call me? And so I did. So I went again, and so he embraced the gift in me. And he said, well, is there, what other school schooling did you want to attend that you didn't? And I said, I wanted to attend uh, Jack Stein Theatrical Makeup because I wanted to do makeup in Hollywood at the time. So um, personal development, makeup, hair, modeling, all of that, um, that I so enjoyed. And these people helped me to identify what I like to do. He got me business cards with a logo on wow. it. Wow. Signed me up at a Bob's and Beautician's um, fashion affair, and my model came in first place. So we started dating. And so, um, you know, um, it was quite after the fashion show was over, he took me to the club and all of maybe some guys from Chicago, wherever, if you know what I mean, sitting around a table as they do. He introduced me. They all stood up. I thought I'd pass out. I'd never been treated so kindly. And he had champagne and celebrated um, the, 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 
the show because my model came in first place. And I also graduated from um, the, the, the uh, school that I went to for the makeup. Wow. So man, from the day that he laid eyes on me, fell in love with me. Well, fast forward, we continued to date. He says, you know, you can't be around anybody else. He just kept me in a, a cocoon, so to speak, with him and his love and his embrace and exalted me. And he wanted me to get more education for business because he wanted to open up a spa and a beauty salon for me. Well, as time went on, um, he did father my daughter. I uh, had a beautiful uh, little girl. And um, he had to leave town. Uh, heard from him when while I was, you know, caring. Had friends look out for me, and so um, I didn't see him for about four years. Wow! So he called me one day and said he wanted to come by and see her, and I, I did. And by that time, Ramona, I got a chance to know what love was. Uh, how I didn't want to be a part of that lifestyle anymore. I wanted to just be the best mother I could be. And I said, I really don't want us to connect anymore. And I just want to thank you for saving my life yeah. and, and bothering this beautiful girl. And he acknowledged that. I saw him when she was 16 years old. I was with my husband at the time and my three sons and my daughter. He was with his new wife. And we met at a restaurant. I was able to introduce him to her. Oh, good. Yes. And so we walked away. We never seen each other ever again. So I contribute those two men in my early days when I was 15 and him when I was 19, who came into my life, fathered my beautiful daughter and helped me to see life as I never thought I could see it. Mm. And these are people I didn't hear I love you from anybody, not even my mom. This man would call me and say, hey, Q, I love you. I never, ever heard those words before. Nobody ever told me they love me. Here's a man known to the public as being notorious who looked at me, fell in love with me, and saved my life. Wow. And so, Q, through all that, did, did you think about God like as you were on this journey and still trying to find how to figure this life out? Well, Ramona, my mom, she had her issues. I said my prayers. She taught us to say prayers. Good. Went to Sunday school. Good. But I'll tell you, I would go out and I would have a few too many. But when we would come back to the hotel, I'd get on my knees and pray. He says, say one for me. I Aww. mean, I had too many. <laughs> back in the day, I called it drunk as a skunk. <laughs> but I was on my knees saying my prayers. Mm. And so... I, I knew that there was a God, but I didn't know that could he be that he could be the dad, the father that I know him to be in my life today. So I was it. A lot of people that I came up around with are, are dead. They're not here, and the in the, the wrong places at the wrong time with the wrong people. I'd been in nightclubs, after hour clubs, guns going off, and so God had my had these people to look out for me, but God also had His hand on my life. For such a time as this. So now, realizing that I was saved for a purpose, it brought me closer to God. I gave my life to Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Glory. I acknowledge God as my true father because I never knew a father in, in the natural as a father could be. And so today, I my kids are all grown now, and I just want to give the rest of my life to help individuals, young girls and women, who have and are being exploited to let them know their past 
doesn't define their future or who they can become and their self-worth is not based on people's opinion or approval of you. I say, don't judge because you don't know anybody's story. Mm. My story today is I'm giving my whole life to whoever wants to hear my story and to work with girls and women who need to find their way because self-worth is the first thing that leaves when you've been abused and misused and deceived. I, I had to forgive my abusers. I learned that because yes. then I go into church mm-hmm. and I found out that forgiveness is the powerful piece that gets you to another place in life to help you to heal. Well, and Jesus forgives us. So that's why it's such a powerful thing. And I think it sometimes people don't realize like he forgave us. And if yeah. we are to have that same kind of love and passion for others, he wants us to be the hands and feet of him. That means we need to have the character of him. And that means we need to forgive like him. And it's hard because we're in our flesh. And of course, that's hard. God was God. He was a whole different human that <laughs> way different than us. Right. Right. But, but if we could forgive the way he did, it's just the key to so much. And it's not easy, no, you know, no. I tell people it's it's not easy. But what I found out was that if I forgive my abusers, I remove the power from them. Yes. When you let that abuser who took advantage of you and hurt you and you hold on and you stay in that place, they still have power over your life. Right. When I found out when I can forgive them, and I did, I found out I released them and that helps me to heal because I did not want to let them hold on to any part of my life anymore mm. because it made me angry. And it's a day-to-day process. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, yes. Because you can see somebody that looks like one of your abusers. You know, if you've had many, you could see someone that looks like them. You can hear someone's voice and it triggers something. You could smell something and it triggers something. I mean, those are all just past traumas that we have to ask the Lord to help to deliver us from, right? Well, yes, and I do. I hate to, well, I'm just being honest and identify it. I do have PTSD, and I tell them it's not just soldiers that have PTSD. Oh, yeah. But I work through it, and I've learned to look to God. Mm -hmm. There used to be a time I couldn't be in a dark room because I was locked up in a closet hours but now i can sleep in a room with the lights off yeah. uh and so sometimes there is a trigger i i am able to identify and say okay look you you know what this is yep breathe it's not a part of your life anymore mm-hmm. and that's why i put it in my book to help people to get through it because it's not an instant uh delivery no no it's it's something that we have to work on because we're still here once exactly. we get to be in our new in our forever home we won't have to do that anymore. But while we're here, the, the love of Christ gives us that coping mechanism that we need to get through these things. But we have to trust him and have exactly. faith in him. Wow. Exactly. What a powerful, powerful story. I love it. You know, I had no idea what you were going to share with the title being how the mafia saved my life. I had no idea my mind. I didn't even want to know because I wanted to wait till I talked to you, but wow, that is amazing. I can't wait to pick up your book. Um, So how can people get your book uh, or get your social media and everything? Look you. Okay. I I do have um, a website. It's lookyouduran.com. 
I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, and LinkedIn. And the book is on all platforms. If you type in the title, How the Mafia Saved My Life, it will pop up. You can get it through Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It's got Kobo. I mean, it's, it's all over the world. It's in Italy. It's in Canada. It's wow. everywhere. When you type in the t- when you type in the title, it'll pop up and it'll tell you where you can order it. And Amazon is one of them. Mm-mm-mm. And, you know, the other thing I was thinking with your story, I'm just going to add this in, is that because you had such great mentors, it created mm-hmm. that passion within you to share with others now. Yes, absolutely. And these were women that were in a, in a lifestyle. And when I talk about it in my book, I said some of these women went through some of the things that I went through, but they found their place and they saw something in me that they wanted to to help birth. They saw hope. These are people, strangers, no family, my older sister, older brother, you know, they were out doing their thing. So I had no guidance, nothing. I was just alone. I felt alone in this world. And I was. And these are people, not to glorify, I had people say, oh, you should change the title of the book. You're glorifying the mouth. I said, no, I'm not changing the title. And no, I'm not glorifying them. I'm glorifying God, who God used to help save my life. I'm not changing anything about this book. And so um, they were women that saw something in me that wanted to see me go forward in life. And so now I want to help other women and children and teenagers, you know, to see themselves differently. And to I had to learn to love myself. It was yeah. a process. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was I a do. process. I mean, yeah. I went to therapy. Yeah. Uh, all kind of things. Yeah. But then what brought me to where I am today is God and the Holy Spirit and me surrendering myself because I was broken. And he took my ashes and he made it into beauty. Oh, and I so love that. It's when we are broken and emptied, then he can fill us with healing and health and wholeness. And when he puts those pieces back together oh, again, I love you're it. never the same. You love differently. You even love the unlovely. Oh. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. On your website, do you have um, things about what you do with your outreach? Yes, there is. And it's still um, being nurtured a little bit. But, That's okay. Um, yeah, but, you you know, I, I'm there and I've got a lot of what I do on the, the platform, on Facebook. Perfect. Okay. Uh, Instagram and LinkedIn. LinkedIn is has a full you know, um, view of everything that I've done and on Facebook too. And you'll see on, on, um, the website, you'll see where, uh, I had each personal development workshops. And so right now I'm working with uh, a network to to mentor, to young professionals. They want to talk with seasoned professionals. I've been self-employed and I've done a lot of different things. And so now I get a chance to mentor young professionals and about the back. workforce world. Awesome. And so for the audience, just so you know how to spell her name, it's L-A and then capital Q-U-E. Last name is D-U-R-E-N. Thank you so much for your time, LaQ. Um, I would love it if you would pray us out. We have a couple minutes. If you have one quick word you want to share, do that first. But if you could close us out today. Okay. Well, I would like for the audience that decided to tune in, 
Um, thank you so very much. And I just want to encourage and inspire you. That's the purpose of me bringing my story to life. And there's many different um, things in there and posts that I've written on how to get through when your heart is broken. Thank you, uh, I just want to uplift you and encourage you and let you know there's light at the end of the tunnel and your past. And there's nothing that you could have done or been exposed to that you can't come from, mm -hmm. come back from it. And so that's what I'd like to encourage you. It's a day-to-day -day process. You know, it doesn't happen overnight and you work through it. You just have to have the desire to want to live and fight back to say, no, this will not defeat me. You will not defeat me. All of you who tried to take my life and destroy my life. Amen. Amen. I have about 30 seconds. Do you want to pray for us? Okay, Heavenly Father, I thank you for thank this time, you, Lord. Thank you for such a time as this. Yes, I did not mention that uh, you... And, um, encourage me to have a life group, to have women to come in to speak and share uh, their Thank story you, and my story that I've started. Father, please touch the lives uh, of the hearers, their hearts, minds, bodies, spirits, and souls. Lord, you know the sole purpose is not just my story, Father. It's your story in me yes, to let the people know that there is hope and there's hope in you, Lord God, Jehovah, in Jesus Christ. And you can remove all of the hurts Thank and you, all Father. of the pain if we just surrender and submit to you. Thank you, Father, for your love and your faithfulness. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen. and amen. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to this edition of Blossoms of My Life Radio. This program is listener-supported. Blossoms of My Life Radio is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. To contact Ramona regarding donations, sharing your God story, or requests about her book, you can write to Ramona, Ramona Trevino, P.O. Box 22731, Bakersfield, California, 93390. That's P.O. Box 22731, Bakersfield, California, 93390. Her website is the letter I, the letter M, dauntless.org. That's I am dauntless.org. Her email is Ramona at BlossomsOfMyLife.org. That's Ramona at BlossomsOfMyLife.org. This program is a production and sponsored by Blossoms of My Life Radio Ministry and through listeners like you. And in closing, we just want to remind you to remember to see and be a blossom in someone's life.